Clay, I don't know if on, at this point we've talked about uh, our, our dream, <laughs> our, our dream lifestyle. <laughs> Maybe not our dream lifestyle, our dreamscape. Um, mm. Are you a person who, do you dream or do you remember your dreams? I have pretty, I tend to have pretty wild dreams sometimes. Um, like frequently, would you say that you dream more than two or three, like you remember a dream more than two or three times a week? I don't know if I remember it, but yeah. I, 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 I would say two to three times a week. I, I am conscious of the, by subconscious, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I had one recently that was like one of, one of the, they're getting weirder and more abstract as I get older, I think where before they used to be like really, um, traditionally weird, but this time I was, I dreamt that I was showing someone a movie like a, a, like a, 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 like a cult classic type movie. <laughs> and the, the one that I showed them was totally different than the way that I remembered it. Like it was some different version of it. Yeah. And I was so sure that what that the movie that I was showing actually existed that I felt myself waking up like that half awake thing in the dream. And like, I'm thinking as I'm still dreaming, being like, what the hell is the name of this movie? I've seen it a hundred times. It's so good. Why is there another version? Is this, what is, what is going on here? And then I woke up and then I was trying to remember the rest of like, there's a movie. It was a real movie. No, well, no, it wasn't. What the hell? Like those are the ones that are the most disturbing to me now are the ones that feel real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wake up and you don't know whether or not the, the whether or not the night before was what it would have happened to you or whatever. I don't, um, I don't remember my dreams, you know. It's that, that mm-hmm. old chestnut. Everyone says, of course you dream. Everyone dreams. I, maybe that's true. I don't remember hardly any of my dreams. Amy dreams like every night. She always wakes up and is like, I had the weirdest dream last night. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember. It's rare. It's like a memorable event if I have a dream that I remember, which I, I wish was not the case because dreaming seems like it can be kind of fun. Maybe terrifying Most of at them, the same time. <laughs> yeah. Most of them I feel like I am aware that I've had them and I remember bits of them, but it's like, yeah, it's like they always say, as soon as you wake up, it's gone. Gone. You know, you you only have pieces. Like, I feel like my dreams are now more like that Seinfeld episode where he wakes up and writes down the joke. Yep. And then he spends the next three days trying to figure out what he wrote. What his note means. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. No, it's, um, it's not my dream, dream world fantasy. With that said, Let's get into waking moments, which is, I'm at the bottom of the screen here. I'm going to go to the top. Waking moments is the 13th episode of season four of Star Trek Voyager. Came out on the 14th of January, 1998. Written by Andre Bomanis, which is a name that we should recognize from Enterprise. Directed by Alex Singer in his last Star Trek directorial (coughs) credit. His last career credit, I guess, too. In universe date 51471.3, which is 2374. In this one, waking moments, the crew begins to experience vivid nightmares all containing the same mysterious alien. Before we get going, I would like to also point out that uh, in the last episode we did, you were very sick. Yeah. That was like three months ago that we recorded, though, for the people who... The the podcast is going to feel like they've just kept coming, but we've been in recovery for a little bit. 
And um, in between now and then, you've gotten better and I have gotten sick. So yeah. we're keeping our streak alive of, of the most sick. Just keep passing the ball, team. baby. That's the way you win yeah. a championship is you just pass off the ball. I'm going to run up the court and then you cough all over mm-hmm. me and I'll get the next one. Yeah, it's been a... Um, it's it's been a a winter. Eh, in fact, we haven't been too bad until recently. Everyone got sick recently in this past month, but before then, it wasn't wasn't a terrible winter to this point. I had not to go get too far off track into sickness, but uh, man, I had the other day. Like the, I'm on the back end of this cold now, and the thing that got me was like the 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 the, the peak of it was I just had this sinus pressure just in the right side of my head that was more intense than anything I've ever felt in my mm-hmm. life. Like I was driving home from Maine <laughs> and be, and I had to drive because if I d- wasn't driving, then I, I would be focusing on the, the knives being driven into the side of my head. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, it felt like somebody hit me with a baseball bat. Have you ever had mono? And no, I haven't. No. Okay. <laughs> well, damn it. I should have used the Wayne's world joke. I thought I had mono once for an entire year, but it turned out I was just really bored. <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes. Um, <laughs> And uh, as I uh, maybe like, I, it was probably like that for about two hours. And then just out of nowhere, this is disgusting, but I felt something drain into the back of my throat and the pain was gone. And then that was kind of like, after that point, my cold just got better. So it was, it's, it's, being sick is weird. I don't a, like it. A, <laughs> I feel as I'm getting older, I think I just, I don't, it's the same with alcohol. I don't really drink, but it's like it, my recovery from a cold is not what it was. Like the yeah, the kids, when they got sick with whatever I had last, like this last cold I got I, right before uh, the last podcast that we did, I was like, I don't feel too bad. I, I, that, that was right before the weekend. And then I spent three days of like 102 fever with like pain, like a headache and, yeah, and muscle chills. That. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was pretty sick from it. The kids had gotten it before and they get... 101, 102, 103 fevers. And they're like, oh, I don't feel well. And they sit down for like a half hour. But then after that, they're just like running around like crazy. And it's like, I'm I'm like, I, Amy, you got to make dinner. You got to do everything. I need, I need to sit down for the rest of the weekend. And it's just, uh, you just don't recover the way that you if I, used to. If I had a temperature of 103, I would start making funeral arrangements. Yeah, no, the, the the kids kids get really high fevers. It's funny, um, not funny, it, it's but crazy. it's, it's weird crazy. how high their temperature goes. But anyway, I'm back now. Waking moments. Your metaphor of uh, mucus sliding down the back of your throat is an apt comparison, an apt uh, analogy. Maybe not the worst episode of Star Trek Voyager. I I mildly enjoyed this one, although I have to say. People on Voyager need to start getting better dreams than just dreaming about being at work. (laughs) Well, you know, everyone, everyone's dreaming about just being on Voyager. Here's the theory, right? I feel like the more exciting stuff you do in your life, the more um, banal and and boring your dreams are going to be. Because my best dreams were when I had nothing to do in my life yep. <laughs> when, I was between the, when I was just like home all the well I mean I'm home all the time now but when I was when I was like in high school and like just not doing anything mm-hmm. my dreams were fucking bonkers off the charts Hugh Hefner's now, dreaming about just being in a monogamous relationship is that, yeah. what, you, is that what you think he's, he's doing no it's like it's like the more you do then your dreams end up being like I, I went to go buy a gallon of milk and I realized when I got there I forgot my wallet mm-hmm like as opposed to like, man, there was a rock band made up of werewolves and they all had nail guns and they snuck in through my basement, shot me through the hand. And like, you know, it's 
<clears throat> so what my point is, makes sense that they when you're, they, they see a lot of crazy shit. Yes. So I can see why they would have pretty banal dreams. Yeah, maybe when you're if you're flying around in the cosmos or whatever, maybe your dreams are just the day to day of pushing the button and uh, moving on to the next thing. What'd you think of waking moments? <clears throat> um, I really wanted to love this one. Uh, when it started, I was like, okay, this is this is an episode for me. I love dream episodes. Um, I love it when they get weird. And I thought the first up through Chakotay, I was kind of up and down, right? Because I, I thought um, the I first- I like the opening. To, to yeah. chime in, I, I, thought, I was like, oh, I think this is going to be a good episode with the opening, yeah. the third or whatever. Yeah, that stuff was great. The first dream stuff was great. Um, Chakotay going in and trying to figure out what's going on was really good. And then like, they, I, to, to, I'll admit that they got me because once Chakotay comes out and everybody wakes up, the, it just gets real boring. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I was like, what the hell? Obviously, there's something else going on here. Like, what is going on? And it didn't occur to me that they were all still dreaming, which it yep. should have because that's how this stuff usually goes. But it was just like it was so kind of uninteresting that I started to zone out. Mm-hmm. So when they pull that twist on you, I was like, oh, okay. And I had to like refocus myself a little bit to get back into it. But even there from that point, I thought it was fun, but I didn't really think they did much. Because the thing I was worried about is <clears throat> um, once they quote unquote wake up, once Chakotay goes in for the first time, and then the uh, the aliens show up and, and it, they they show up on Voyager. It turns into your classic. All right, someone's taken over the ship, and now Voyager has to figure out how to beat these guys. And I just found myself going like, they had such an interesting thing going at the beginning. Why is this turning into a run and gun episode? <laughs> and then even after they kind of switched it back with the twist, it never quite got beyond the run and gun thing. Um, Basically, I, I I enjoyed it, but I wish they had pushed the dream stuff a lot further. I think there was a lot more they could have done to make it uh, more interesting overall. Yeah, I, I um, I think this is a this is a pretty typical Star Trek Voyager thing. I think like this yeah. this is what Voyager will do. Um, I I thought that the the concept was interesting. I like the sort of trickery. It was like, oh, they can set up some interesting dream stuff with it. I was, I was even a little bit of forgiving of how boring their dreams were early because the cold open is kind of a trick. Like they're playing a trick on you that everyone's dreaming and so they don't want you to realize it immediately when Harry's having a threesome with seven and like Harriet Tubman or something. Like there, there's, a, there's a sort of realistic thing that they have to stick with. And that's fine. It gets to a point where it... It runs into the issues that Voyager has as a show, which is that it has this idea. It We don't know the characters well enough where they can do any kind of real character work with this concept. It's like, right. it's like right. Chakotay gets the focus because he has this vague sense of he's entered a dream world with an eagle before, so he's the one yes. that should be able to do this again. But there's nothing... Yes. That's just that's just like a coincidence. There's nothing interesting or it doesn't say anything about Chicote that he's the one that can do this. And after that's done, the reason you end up in a run and gun situation at the end is because the powers that these aliens have are nothing but a trick 
to set a plot up for an episode. So the aliens don't right. have any, there's nothing like, there's nothing about their weird dream reality that they live in that is interesting or like symbolic or theoretical or um, thematic about anything. They're just kind of bad guys who live in your dreams. Like they're kind of like shitty Freddy Kruegers, really. And right, when yeah. you get to that point, all you can do is fight back against them. And Voyager, in the way that Enterprise, Voyager is not going to do the TNG route of you kind of like have a conversation and there's like this, there's like a deeper thing that's going on with the dreams. Voyager is just the show, the Star Trek franchise at this point, where they're going to fight them. They're going to figure out some way to beat them. And then you're never going to see these guys again. And there's not going to be any, there's nothing learned from any of this. It's not like anyone has an epiphany or anything. So it's a Voyager episode and that's what it does. The first 20 minutes held my attention because I thought the the idea was kind of neat. But um, after that, it's just, you know, I, 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 I spend a lot of time with the halfway point of these episodes where I'm going, you know, it's pretty creepy if in your recurring dreams, you just start seeing the same strange person who's always looking at you in the dream, but they only do it once. And so it's like, you know, once the first person sees it, they're like, who the hell is that guy in my, my dream? And it's a dream. They shouldn't realize anything about the weirdness. Like they, they, it's just stuck because it has to get the plot ball rolling. So they all have to kind of talk about it immediately that they all had the same weird dream. But I was just thinking it's a, it's a great chance for some weird creepiness of always seeing this guy in your dream or something like that. And the show, show doesn't want to do anything with it. So it, it abandons it. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm glad we watched Enterprise first at this point because I remember one of the best episodes. I can't remember if it was Klingons or if it was Ferengi, but it was Enterprise comes across an a, um, alien race and they have an encounter with the alien race. They can't talk to them, um, but they and they don't know what they're after. The Romulans, so, right? This is it the Romulans? The okay, Romulans. the Romulans. Yeah. yeah. I knew it was one of the classic ones. And it's a pretty good episode from what I remember yep. because you have this this thing of like, oh, yeah, you're going to run into stuff that you don't understand and just like, you know, two ships passing in the night have some sort of conflict and then and then don't know why separate they're ways, having, yeah, not yeah. knowing why. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great idea, but I feel like they've done that eight times on Voyager <laughs> and it never works the same. Like it seems like such a good idea, especially for Voyager. But the thing is they don't make a, they don't make the conflicts interesting and B um, they don't like, they never really think out what these things actually want. It's also, yeah. it's almost like they're like, well, you know, we don't need to say what they want. So why bother figuring it out? And so you get something like this. Well, they then- just want, they want Voyager. They, they want a very, stock thing that all the alien species want. Yeah. They want to capture the ship, but it's like these guys should have right. bigger fish to fry than just capturing a ship, it feels like. Yeah, like I I feel like the, oh, we've tricked them into our trap so we can take the ship yeah. is something they've done like a billion times. And yeah. it's anytime you get that moment when the guy is like, we have tricked you into falling <laughs> into our trap so we can take your ship. It's just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever, man. Yeah. It's because like, and you've got this alien with a really cool power that I think you could probably be a lot more abstract with it. Yeah. And not um just have it come down to we we need we need your 
dilithium or some shit. So we're all going to dream really hard at you until you show up. Um, yeah. Speaking of the, the the guy showing up in your dreams, have you ever seen the website? It was around years ago called uh, Have You Seen? I think it was Have You Seen This Man dot com. Mm-hmm. No. It was pretty pretty good. It was a pretty good freaky kind of meme thing. Yeah. Where it was someone had built this website around this drawing of a man's face that like a people, police sketch. That, yes, sort of. Uh, I'll I'll send you the picture of it. Mm-hmm. Um. And the the concept was that uh, people around the world have um, talked about seeing this face in their dreams. Yeah. And it's one of those, like, when you see the face, it's, like, archetypical enough that it kind of is freaky just to look at. It is scary to look at. (laughs) Yeah, it's creepy, right? Isn't that fucking creepy? I always find, because this is sort of a police sketch, it's more like a... um it's kind of like a police sketch if someone took the spray can and paint and did a good job of yes. making making the face. Yeah, it looks kind of like it's been over photocopied or something. Yeah. And, you know, going through the website, I'm like, man, this is so well done. And the thing that I realized was so good about it is the face is so, um, what's the word? It's so unique, but also so generic yes. that like I'm going through this this website going like, I'm going to fucking see this face when I fall asleep tonight and I'm going to be all in on this shit. <laughs> Thankfully that didn't happen because it would have freaked the shit out of me. But like, I think that's what they were going for to make it, you know, something abs- uh, uh, archetypical enough. Yeah. Universal. That if you almost. saw, if you saw it enough, it would work its way into your subconscious and then you would see that face in your dream. And like that stuff is creepy as hell. Like yeah. if, if I, if I ever had a dream, multiple dreams where the same person showed up. I don't think that's ever happened to me. Right. And that would freak the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's creepy. I, I wish that the... Especially someone who you don't know who they are. Right. Like if it's like a, a dream creation of a specific person that yep. has made more than one appearance in the right, dreams. Right, repeating. That's yep. weird. Yep. No, I don't I don't think that's ever happened to me. I, I think that it's... So, I mean, either focusing on that... You know, the creepiness aspect of it would give it legs. I think that it's a good example of what Voyager does, right? Like Tom Paris is in a relationship with Bolana Torres now, right? And mm-hmm. for some reason, the show thinks that Tom Paris is going to be dreaming about flying a shuttle. Like that that's his that that's the sure. <laughs> that's the character beat. He doesn't have any dreams about Bolana that he could think about or like the show would care to comment on. I also think that the show, you know, it's uh, the example of the show not taking itself seriously is that the Tuvok dream is kind of close to being a joke, but it ultimately doesn't make any sense to me that his dream is that he shows up naked and it actually gets him kind of embarrassed by it. Mm. Um Tim Russ in the behind the scenes stuff was saying that he didn't thought he didn't think it made any sense. He's like, why why would Tuvok react this way to this thing? I I think it's close enough to being sort of a twisted comment on it, but it does undermine his character. I just I the the show just continues to amaze me in that it doesn't seem when they come up with these ideas that the writers are willing to put in like a half an hour of thought into what kind of dreams would these people be having. They they just feel like it's the first idea is like well. The stock trope dream is that you show up somewhere and you don't have your clothes on. And they're like, that's great. Let's give that to Tuvok. And they go, why does Tuvok mm-hmm. get it? He goes, it doesn't matter. Come up with another thing for Tom Paris. Put him on a shuttlecraft. And 
I think in in the better sister shows or a better television show, all the dreams kind of mean something. This alien is right. weaponizing their dreams against them in the same way that like Scarecrow works on fear in Batman. Right. You know, it's like there's a there's a thing that he's trying to do. Yeah, like what are you what what are you doing this for? Are you doing it to tap into something so you can sap their life force or something? Right. He's which just doing is why it to put them so, to sleep, right? So that they yeah, stay. Which is yeah. Which is why it's so weird when they're like, we're all having the same dream and we're just kind of hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> I'll create a diversion. So it's it's I also it's that. sorry, I was just gonna say I also found it to be interesting how everybody had a nightmare. And woke up from it, except Harry Kim, whose dream was he gets to make out with seven of nine, but then seven turns into an alien. And I yeah. guess that's the scary part. Yeah. Does she turn into it or does she just walk away and he opens his eyes? I don't know. It. It's unclear whether or not she turns into uh, this alien, alien or, you know, and so maybe his innate uh, inter interspecies homophobia is the, is the real nightmare. <laughs> don't you be looking at me. Yeah, no, it's um, you know, it ends with the aliens are all sleeping, and Chicote is gonna kill them all in their sleep or something, and then bring them back to life. But I did like the end. I thought that was kind of clever, where Chicote sets it up so he falls asleep. He doesn't plan to. He doesn't want to fall asleep, but he does. And then the guy's like, "Haha, we have you." And he's like, "Actually, no. If I." Don't call in. They're going to blow this entire place up and yeah. kill every one of you. Yeah. Right, that's that's not bad. <laughs> Coochie mama. What does he say? What's his what's his little catchphrase? What's Chicote's thing that he says? Oh, I don't remember. Is it coo? A coochie moya. That's it. A coochie moya. Coochie moya. Yeah. There was a little a uh, little inception in this though. Yeah. Like the dream, is. the tapping the hand is sort of like the dream totem thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the dream within the dream, like waking up into mm-hmm. your second dream level or whatever. Uh, Inception, I would argue, is a slightly better <laughs> spin. Just, on, just a hair. Just a hair. Yeah, I, I did. I really like the usage of um, when Seven pins Harry Kim to the wall. Yep. When she then she says resistance is futile. That's the, that, that was a good. that was <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> Garrett Wing. Coming out on top, he won. He won some sort of uh, some sort of writer's bet or something. What do you feel about this? This Harry Kim seven runner is strange to me. Um, it's kind of it's just another Voyager. It's like a half baked idea, really. Like it's, it's mm. a series of half baked ideas, and this feels like one of the more half baked ones. But um, I, I think my my problem with it is that. There's never it feels kind of part and parcel with the whole series. There's there's never a reason why something exists except to give very brief moments in time where they will touch on the thing. Like the the yeah. thing has no so, just literally something to for the characters to yeah, do. Yeah, something to do. Legit. It has like no weight to anything. It has no ramifications. There's no impact on anybody. But if you need to fill a scene and you need these two characters to talk to each other, we've pre-established that this is something they've talked about before. So let's just do that again and continue it. Mm-hmm. And the Seven and Harry thing feels like that. It's just there's there's no there's no real point 
to any of it because Harry just reacts is like, oh, Jesus, I can't believe this is happening. And Seven is okay with it. So that gets all the nerds in the audience off, I guess. But it's it, there's there's Seven doesn't comment on it. It doesn't mean anything to her. So it's just it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it's funny how they have they they um didn't take the opportunity to turn Paris and Bellana into some sort of long running thing. They did or they didn't? By, Sorry. They didn't because they like there was no tension there. Like they just kind of hop, skip, and jump to I love you and now they're oh, together. Oh, I got you. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, they're kind of doing the same thing with Harry and Seven of Nine where it's like, yeah, it's it's fun. I think the scenes with them are fun, mm-hmm. but I don't know if, if if this never amounts to anything more than just the these flirtation scenes, I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. Yeah. Did you... um. Uh, is this a what's the bigger failing of this as an episode then is it the the plot idea of the dream aliens is it the lack of the characters having anything to do because of it I guess those are the two options is this is this a plot episode where the plot needs to be super strong or is this a character episode where the show didn't get into the character stuff enough I think ideally it's a character episode because I think the dream stuff is more interesting from a character standpoint than a plot standpoint. Cause you know, like what, what, what could they put, what could these dream aliens possibly say that would make you go, Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that what they want isn't the interesting thing. It's how they get it is the interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so using that to again, facilitate some weird character stuff that's that would be really fun yeah it is a um i'm tired myself here it's it's a they are kind of set up to be (laughs) for the people now watching the video clay did not start masturbating (laughs) (laughs) just trying to just trying to make sure i'm still (laughs) still here guys hold on i gotta wake up we have uh thou I was going to make a joke about next week having the guest of, what's that CNN anchor that got caught masturbating on Zoom? Jeffrey oh, Tubin. Tubin, right? Tu- yeah, Tubin. Tubin. Should have Tubin on, on the line, on the wire. The aliens are set up as um, aliens that you run into and then you leave your space and they just kind of disappear. And you don't really understand what they are. There is You do run into the the fucking show's obsession with hijacking the ship. Like, can't they just run into an alien that just is kind of yeah. weird and doesn't need to talk to them and doesn't need to do anything? Sure, they, sure they're doing something bad or the dreams are causing some kind of issue or something. But like, I don't need to know what they're up to. I don't need them to have a. Yeah, they wh- didn't need to say a word. Right, this episode, just be there. Would have been. Yeah, yeah. Just having those things in the background and seeing more of them and. Freaking freaky dreams and shit. I think yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Does uh does Voyager do more dream sequences than the other shows? I feel like Voyager really sticks with Probably. like the sort of dream world quite frequently. Yeah, they they definitely do um non real stuff like that, like altered reality or often. dream sequences yeah. or something. Yeah, like, but it's it's never <coughs> it never feels like a strength of the show though. No. It always feels like a gimmick. 
Yeah, I would say Enterprise did creepy better. Like Enterprise's yes. creepiness was a more authentic thing than Voyager's dream sequences are. I agree. Um, I don't know. Anything else to say about about this one? No? We can just move on to patron thoughts. Um, I, f- I forget. <coughs> excuse me. I forget why I wrote this note exactly, but I, there's a, I, there must be a point in the episode where Seven like slaps Harry Kim in the face or something. Mm-hmm. I think there is, right? Because yep. I just wrote down Harry Kim's real dream is to get slapped around by Seven, <laughs> which tr- tracks, I think. Also, oh, lucid dreaming. Yep. Is that a real thing? I know people talk about it all the time, like, oh, yeah, lucid dreaming. But is that like, but is that is that something that exists in the real world or is that a creation? I believe it's real. Wholly of movies and television. I believe it's real. I've only done it by accident. I don't think I can control sure. lucid dreams. But there, have, yeah, the, I definitely uh, had a dream where it's like, oh, I'm dreaming, and I can sit, I can stay in the dream world for a little bit, and then I wake up. But the practitioners would have you believe that you once you start dreaming, you just are aware that it's a dream the entire time, and right. that's never happened. Or I, I don't know if that's yeah, possible. The, the, the example they use in this is the one that they always use where it's like, yes, once you realize you're dreaming, you can do anything. Yep. You can fly like Superman. It's yep. like, listen, buddy, I've been trying my whole life to do this shit, and I have never once had a dream where I became aware and then was able to fly or like have Wolverine claws or something. Listen, you didn't like virtuosity, but my whole existence is around me <laughs> bending skyscrapers in my will saying, you're in my world now, Parker. That's exactly what mm-hmm. I want out of my reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but I, I don't lucid dream. I don't think, or I don't. Uh... The the one of the strangest ones I ever had was I was, I was aware I was dreaming, but it was a, a weird dream where I was like, an omniscient viewer of a TV show, but it was like the reality. Mm. But I was not there. I was not embodied in it. I was just kind of watching yes. it. Yeah, I have those from time to time. And it was a, a guy was in his house, and Amy, Amy always, this is like Amy's favorite uh, thing that I've ever dreamed, but it was like a guy was working on the outside of his house. He had like a, he was like, had tools out and everything. He had a, a table saw set up and he was like cutting two by fours on it. And his like extremely sexy wife came out, right? And she's, carrying a, she's carrying a bottle of vodka. She gives him the bottle of vodka. He takes a big swig of it and then just spits all over her tits. <laughs> vodka. And then he puts the bottle down on the table. But Rick, sl- is that you, Rick? He slips and he slides into the table saw. On the, oh, my on God. The table. That is, that's, a, that's an amazing dream. And that was the end of the dream. But it was so vivid and so strange. And it was even weird because I was not there. I was just kind of like imagining this or whatever. But... No, I don't. When I when I dream, I guess I do yeah. okay. But that was that was a weird one. <laughs> There's uh, in the doctors the most recent Doctor Strange movie. One of the things that they put out there is when is when you dream, what you're actually seeing is an is another alternate reality. Yeah. And so I I like to imagine that you you <laughs> peeked in on the last moments of this vodka guy with the hot wife's life right before he got sawed in half on the job. Open up the newspaper the next day. Terrible yeah. table saw accident in uh, Barry, Massachusetts. The uh, the scariest dream I think I've ever had. You know, I, monsters and stuff never really. Those aren't the scariest dreams, right? It's the ones that feel the most real. Yeah, like the scariest dream I've ever had. Years, it's it's the I, I remember it so clearly 
because of how much it freaked me out. It was years ago. It was probably 20 years ago at this point, <clears throat> if not more. Um, I, I was dreaming that I was in an unfamiliar house with, uh, with my sister, who would have been just like a small child at the time. Yeah. And I was trying to escape from the house because someone was chasing us through the house. Yeah. But you know that feeling you get when you're like kind of falling asleep where you can't quite open your eyes and it's just like no matter how much you try, it's just like blinking and you can't really yep. see straight? Yep. That's how I was. In the dream. So I'm, I'm in that in the dream. I ha- I'm in that state of not being able to really see and open my eyes no matter how hard I try. Well, I'm trying to rush my young sister out of an unfamiliar house, a big unfamiliar house, <laughs> yeah. before we get killed by someone, something, someone. Did you ever see this thing us. or was it just the sense of something was chasing No, it was you. just the sense of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. Yeah. I used, I used to have stress dreams a lot. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I still do, but I, I always had the same stress dream, which was me showing up for a hockey game and not having all my equipment. Mm-hmm. Very too hockey. Yeah. 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 I I don't I don't have these dreams anymore. I used to as a kid always have the dream of falling in darkness and then mm. waking up when you feel like you've hit the bottom or something. I I don't I don't dream that anymore, but I always used to be really scared about that. Um there was no visual. It was just the sense of falling and it's like I'm going to hit the ground eventually and then when you feel that you do, you just kind of startle awake. The uh the freakiest man, this stuff is so wild. I, I find it so fascinating. Um uh do you ever play paintball? Yeah. Did you ever have the paintball dream? No, I don't think so. Is this nope. is this a shared reality? <laughs> it is. Okay. It is a shared reality. Yeah. I've I've talked about this with Dave and Cordy a lot. Where after you play paintball, or after I play paintball, that night when you go to bed. As you're falling asleep, you know how there's sort of that middle ground where you like start to dream, but you're not entirely asleep. Mm -hmm. So you hit that moment and then the dream that you're having is just paintballs whizzing by your head at high speed. And then you go, and then you wake up again. And it's, it's, it's freaky, man. It's, and I'm not the only person it's happened to. Yeah. Interesting. No, I didn't have that. Maybe I need, maybe I need to play more paintball. Just based on that, I cannot imagine what like actual PTSD is like. (laughs) (laughs) a good point thank you everybody for listening to our coverage of waking moments and our random talk about dreams you can support the show at patreon.com slash the penske file if you leave a couple dollars a month you get to leave thoughts about upcoming episodes and we read them there's a whole bunch of podcasts up there too at patreon.com slash the penske file i need to to get rid of this this picture of this guy it's freaking i know he's he's kind of scary he he has sort of a um, non-human proportion to him too he looks a little bit like elvin or something Apparently, it was a guerrilla marketing campaign by an advertising agency. No. Effective. They always are. I, uh, yeah, that stuff is you know, like the, the whole Slender Man and things like that. I, I still remember one of the scary ones I had on, on um, I saw it on Twitter. It was like a Halloween thing. It was just a quick hitting thing. I posted in the Discord a long time ago, but it was like a guy, a girl and a guy sitting in a room and she's and the girl's like, there's something in that room. And the guy goes over and he looks in and he's like, there's nothing there. She's like, you gotta go back. And then he looks in and then it's just this like very fast stop motion animation of like a ghoul that comes out at you as it as it mm. plays a loud noise. And it's like you would think that would be the stuff that would sit in your dreams, but I haven't had a dream about that, fortunately. So Cal Barrett says, waking moments. 
I feel like I'm missing out because I never have once woken from a dream by sitting bolt upright, soaked in sweat, crying out and grasping my chest like everyone on TV does. Maybe it's the lack of disgusting hot coffee in my system. This episode is like that movie Dream Scenario, but instead of Nick Cage appearing in everyone's dream, it's some ugly alien. So basically, it's Nick Cage. It's good, but not the best. It's best not to think too much about it or it all falls apart. Surely everyone is falling asleep at different times, so why don't the people in the dream world notice that some people aren't there and then suddenly appear? It only works from Chakotay's perspective, suddenly being dropped in the dream when everyone else is asleep. But for everyone else, the timeline is fuzzy. Roxanne Dawson's pregnancy means she has to start wearing a sweet engineering jacket this season with a sexy pocket protector and everything. Three out of five. Interesting. I didn't know that. I did notice the pocket protector, though. Yeah, she's pregnant. I think I I might have had a sitting up awake dream once. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that was like, whatever it was, it was one of those ones where it's like, I'm trying really hard to wake up because like, I know it's a dream, but I can't get out of it. Yep. And I think that one might have been a just like, all right, throwing it all to the wall here. (laughs) Move body. Time to move. (laughs) Time to get up and scream. Tax Albert says, waking moments, an episode whose conflict is, interestingly enough, resolved by Chakotay threatening genocide. That said, Tuvok displaying his tactical (laughs) superiority is fun. Janeway seeing the dead crew was surprisingly spooky, despite the carnival-level special effects. And the alien in those dreams just standing there was unnerving. He just stands there. I I was hoping it was going to be more of that stuff. Because that that scene where, where she goes into the mess hall... And they turn the lights on the dead cruiser. I thought it was pretty good. That, yep. was, that was pretty effective. That's also a Janeway. You could push it more, but that's a Janeway fear sure. that they've established that you know, not getting the crew home. <laughs> added fear being that does that mean that Neelix is the only other person left on the ship? That's yeah, the real nightmare. That's, that's the the nightmare. Another. I'm going to have a. Um, they need to start a memory alpha. It's something I'm really noticing. The number of times that Janeway is led around by the hand in this series is very oh, high for no, okay. in a way that Patrick Stewart was never led around by the hand. Uh, Kirk was never led around by the hand, but, but Catherine Janeway frequently, the last one was the uh, Leonardo da Vinci one. He grabbed her and was like, run up this hill. And he grabbed her by the hand. Oh, that's and ran right. Up the hill. Yeah. And this one, Neelix takes her hand and shows her the dead crew members. Milo Perverso says, waking moments. Me, I'm dreaming of getting thinner this year. Yep. Talk to, talk nice. To Gotcha. Matt Ross has waking moments. Gucci Moya. This feels almost exactly like the season two episode Persistence of Vision with similar dreamy psychic powers, but it's more overt and has an alien with difficult hygiene regimens between skin folds and spikes. Odd that it never occurred to the crew that maybe the aliens were trying to get them. Roxanne Dawson's pregnancy jacket makes its appearance, so that's exciting. Two bad dreams out of five. I did. I did really like the scene where they're doing the the CGI sketch. Yeah, the police of sketch the thing, and it's like it's ninety percent there, and they're like, no, <laughs> I just this isn't it. And then then they put like a texture on the face, and they're like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's the guy. The, that's the guy. <laughs> yep. Changing says waking moments. This episode was, <coughs> excuse me, all right, but when in Harry's dream, seven morphs to the alien. Oh, here's another opinion in the seven is turning into the alien. So seven morphs into the alien. I was expecting it to start talking in a Freddy voice and say, how's this for a wet dream? Also, the wiki entry for this episode describes it as only Chakotay through his Native American spiritual capabilities can save them, which makes it sound like he's a member of the Super Friends. And this is one of his powers. Three spinning tops, or if you were cool, 
three dashes of paprika out of five. There was that Native American Super Friends character. I don't know what he just he got big. I think that was his power to get big. I think so. I always remember him being weird because I don't think he was a comic book character. He was just like a creation of the show, (laughs) as if DC Comics didn't have enough characters. JC Superstar says, Waking Moments, a clever idea, bad execution. We've seen this concept before in Trek and in other media. Maybe at the time, all this would have been more novel and therefore more interesting. Two silent lucidities out of five. Jaron Hatch says, I got it. Let's do an episode where aliens attack the crew through their dreams. We've already done that, but this one will have them sharing the same dream world together. I'm pretty sure we've done that one too. Yeah, but this one will be a Chicote episode. Three dream layers that aren't as deep as Inception's most surface-level dream layer out of five. Bob Is J- it cool to hate on Inception now? Because I don't think, Do I people don't think hate that's on cool at all. No. I feel like Inception... Is is now retroactively a movie that people kind of like dunk on a little bit um, for reasons I don't know because that's a great movie. Yeah, we covered Inception on the Patreon. Or, uh, yeah, years ago I think. Yeah, so no, I like Inception. Um, there was a movie. Oh, I, I was trying to make a tangential reference. There was a movie I was watching the other day that I was like, I think this has aged well. Uh, or like or the other way around, but I can't remember what it was or if it's if it, if I thought it was unjustly maligned or something at this point. But I think I think after Tenet came out and people didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, I think Nolan's. people started to turn on Nolan a little bit. Yeah. And then Oppenheimer came out and everybody loves him again. So I get back on board. Um. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just yawned and like cracked my throat. Bob J. Kester says, the silly use of Chicote's dream machine is kind of disappointing coming right out of the unusually good serious use of it last episode, but the dream stuff has a lot of fun nonsense. Three moonings out of five. And Artorius with the final comment says, waking moments, a pretty mid-episode. It does raise a lot of questions, though. Like, how do the aliens stay alive if they're always asleep? How did they develop the technology while being asleep? Kind of doesn't make much sense, if you ask me. Two episodes that put me to sleep from an otherwise good season out of five. Thanks very much, um, patrons. One thing that I did notice um, that I didn't pick up because I obviously didn't know where exactly it was going um, as I was watching it through the first time is when uh, uh, Chakotay's woken up the first time and he's... He's asking for directions or something, and the answer that I think it's Neelix gives is like, "Yeah, we just have to fly by three of those full moons." Yeah, and I, I was, I, I even at the moment, it didn't even occur to me that it would, could still be a dream, and I was like, "Are there full moons in space? I feel like the moon is always full in space." <laughs> is that the your connection? Is that why he sees the moon image? Is that what that's? I don't think it's why, but I think it's just an indicator that there's something wrong like the, because when he does see the moon because that that was his dream was 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 the full moon yes and so having having neelix say something like that is the first indicator the first that indication still, that okay yeah gotcha <laughs> like when he he goes in and like he looks at like the doctor's office class right and he's like where's the moon let me see that let me see that moon chakotay i Thanks. thought there, there there was Probably 
more on the table you could have done with the doctor yeah. on the other end yeah. of all this. Yeah. Being like, what the fuck is going on with these weird humans? That's a... The doctor's so weird. We talked about that with the, whatever the last episode is, what made me concerned about... What was the episode with the... Oh, the Da Vinci one, where it's like, what are the rules about holograms in this episode? The the, the doctor is a, a good example of the inconsistency there, which is like he's he's supposed to be... He's kind of portrayed as like a short fuse, irritable character. He's like emotionally short tempered with people, um, but he'll he'll do things like he'll just calmly react to certain things. Like when Chakotay wakes up after two days of sleep, he's like, "Commander, it's good to see you again." And he's like, "Where's everyone else?" He's like, "They've been asleep for days." It's like yeah. you should you should be a little bit more. Or if he was always this way, I would understand it because he doesn't have any real concern about himself. He's kind of just like interested that people are asleep or something, but he's he's inconsistently portrayed that way. They should have done that scene from Total Recall where the guy shows up and he's like, if you don't take this pill right now, yes. the yeah. walls of reality will explode <laughs> and you'll be stuck here in the dream world forever. Just one bead of sweat running down Picardo's yeah. face for five minutes. Consider this a divorce. Consider this a divorce. Great movie. <laughs> uh, Commander, what kind of dreams would you like to have? Hetero. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care, just hetero. S- sleazy. <laughs> Demure. <laughs> That's what Neelix is. Neelix would just pop up in that dream. Thanks, everybody. I think the patrons give this an average of a three out of five, Clay, but there were not a lot of comments, which is usually the sign that no one gives a fuck about the episode. Um, (laughs) Waking Moments is the one that we just got done talking about. What are you going to give this one on our scale of one to five? I'm going to give it a three. I thought it was fine. I thought it was enjoyable enough. Um, Another, yeah, another good idea that they just don't uh, wring all the juice out of, unfortunately. Yeah. It's a three for me as well. It was just, it's just a, it is what it is. It's a fine episode. It's not, not great, not terrible, not bad. That's it. Thanks everybody for listening to us talk about waking moments. The next episode, I think, is ship in a bottle. This is the next one with Andy Dick. That's a good callback. We just did that on Patreon. So if you guys showed up on Patreon, you can hear uh, me and Clay rank all of the police albums. All five of Just them. Just a castaway, Andy Dick in space. So, <laughs> have some tea in the Another Sahara with Andy Dick. Day, Andy Dick in space. So, <laughs> if you guys enjoy more the police. loneliness than Andy Dick in, in space. space. <laughs> you can check out the Patreon; it's all there. Rescue Play. me before I'm Andy Dick in space. So. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to plug on the Patreon? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, Amanda and I are working our way through Halloween, the Halloween series. Uh, January was the original. Uh, February is Halloween two. March will be Halloween three, and so on and so on. And uh, join us on the main feed, Rotten Horror Show. Because uh, Amanda is going on a bit of a vacation, and Wes will be joining us to talk about a good dream movie. A dream movie. Which is, um, uh, what is it called? Dream Warriors. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. And then um, my my cousin, who run, my cousin Dan, who runs a film noir site, will be coming on to talk about Night of the Hunter. And then we'll do one more with Wes, and then it will be our 100th episode. Where we've, uh, I've got, I was trying to figure out what to do for that, and I think I've got an idea. I think we're going to do a Q&A, 
And we're going to cover, we are going to cover something, but it's not going to be a capital M movie. So oh, okay. uh, I got to figure out the best way to do a Q and a wh- where we should send those questions to. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so that's what's going on there. That's um, it's a little surprising. It's the hundredth episode, right? Mm. Well, you- I mean, we've been doing it for like f- four years now. Is this our fourth year? I think this is our fourth year. Yeah, I, I guess it's. I mean, you guys only do it once every other week, so that like tracks with yeah. where, where you should yeah. be. Um, do you know how many Star Trek podcasts there are on the feed? Like episodes that we have on the feed. Uh, that's why I bring it up because I looked at that number the oh, other God. day. Oh God! I mean, there's. Over a hundred episodes of every C- series, so yep, there's got to be uh, let's seven hundred, six seventy-seven, yeah, yeah, six hundred and seventy-seven. Is that counting the movies? It's counting the movies. It, it counts all the like the little. Uh, we don't have a ton of them, but like just like little uh, like teaser things that pop up oh, sure. every once in yeah. a So there's six hundred seventy-seven media files on the on the RSS feed. Wow. But, um. That's no, too many. We do it in our lives. <laughs> That's the even even, that, even Gene Roddenberry tapped out before the end of the. I mean, to prove Cal wrong, that's the number that makes me go. Oh, wake up in the middle of the night is six hundred and seventy-seven <laughs> Star Trek fucking podcast episodes. That's it. Waking moments. I apologize for swearing so much. It's only in my mind. We got a. Um, <laughs> To, we have six six hundred and seventy seven episodes in is not the time to apologize for that. <laughs> we got we've had a lot of recent comments um, on the uh, Apple iTunes like the rating thing. It's it's a one star and says they swear too much. Oh, interesting. Um, which 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 is fine. Like yes, you you if I, I can understand that like swearing in podcasts is difficult because with the kids I prefer having podcasts I can sure. listen to without the kids because that makes things sure. easier for me. But um, I just thought it was funny. I was like, well, I don't think we swear too much, but some people just have it's it's one of those things. It's everyone has a different um, level of concern. Your about kids it. have to learn about Andorian cleavage eventually, guys. Yeah, it gets you. We're mature. This is a mature podcast for mature audiences. Next up is Message in a Bottle. Andy Dick plays another hologram. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.